Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, so I got handed this book yesterday, and it, it was it was fun to read because, you know, I'm not a big sports guy. But I am a big Tom Grun- Tim Grunhard fan because we worked with him in the other building, and he was just this, this great big character, like bigger than life, always seemed to be smiling, uh, and, and just... It's hard to explain who he is. He's the happy guy having fun every day. He went from being a guy I only knew as a Chiefs player in the 90s to working down the hallway, and you'd hear that giant voice, and dear God and sweet baby Jesus, we were talking about the old days when he and Bill Moss and uh, goddamn Jason Whitlock would be in the studio, and there'd be food delivered. It would literally be... It could have fed 20 people. And it was they, like these big catering trays, like if you had a big office party. It was, And then and those dudes, like every day, would mow it all down. Yeah, you know, like the mini drumstick chicken stuff? Like it would be an entire drumstick. They, you'd just see it disappear in someone's mouth and go, Wonk, and just drop the bone in the trash can. Like these these dudes were monsters. And uh, But he couldn't, he was always a great guy, always a happy-go-lucky guy. Born May 17th in Chicago, Illinois, he is a graduate of Notre Dame University, where he helped the team to their 1988 national championship. He was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, with whom he set the record for most games played by an offensive lineman with 169, making a trip to the Pro Bowl in 99. Before retiring in 2001, he went on to coach at KU and Bishop E.H. High School, has worked as a broadcaster, and has now released a new book, View from the Center, My Football Life and the Rebirth of Chiefs Kingdom. Please welcome, Chiefs Hall of Famer, Tim Grunhardt. Grunning, how you been, man? I am doing awesome, and that was an awesome, awesome intro, man. Hey, thank you so much, Johnny, for having me on. You're exactly right, man. I, I'll tell you, I was going to try and get in there this morning, but they're like, listen, if you go over there, you're never going to leave because you and I had so many great times together, man. It's so good to talk to you. Dude, I, I, look, I, I didn't know all these cool stories in this book about Carl Peterson. I only knew him as just a – he was the rich guy who ran the Chiefs. That's all I ever knew about Carl Peterson. I don't know anything else. And people would always be a little weird around him. And, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, of course, a beloved coach, Marty Ball. And, uh, but, but them rebuilding – really coming to you as a kid and saying, this is important. You have to stay in Kansas City in the offseason. We don't want you leaving. 
Yeah, when he drafted Derek Thomas and I and some other guys, especially some of the higher draft choices, I was very blessed to you know, come here to Kansas City. He's like, listen, what, this is a contract not only for the Kansas City Chiefs, but for Kansas City. We want you here. We want you involved in the community. Uh, you know, we want you going to high schools and talking to kids. We want you going to hospitals and, 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 and helping out with the sick. You know, we want you around town. We want to build your brand around Kansas City. And it's just so blessed to be able to do that because, you know, listen, this is my hometown. I've been living here now for 30 years. Sure. And, and uh, we, you know, you and Josh, you and I have been doing the radio stuff here for many, many years. And it's just so much fun. You know, anytime you ask Kansas City to help you out with it, they're there for Of course. You. Of course. But you guys created that. And that's, that was probably, that was the first big revelation for me in the book, reading that. And, and really, it, it, it made me very proud of the city and the Chiefs because I, it's not always that way. And you know that, like. For, for the, your corporation, for your owners and, and your coach to say, this is going to be very important. And then people on the team playing for the name, not your name, but the Kansas City Chiefs name. That's, it was super important with, with Marty and with, with Carl that you, uh, you, you, you played for the team, that everything was for the better of the team. And it had to be that way. Yeah, you know, everybody says that, you know, Arrowhead Stadium, you know, everybody's dressed in red. It's a college-like atmosphere, and it's loud and all that kind of stuff. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that. And Carl Peterson and Marty Schottenheimer are the ones that kind of architect that. They wanted people to have a relationship like you do when you're walking around a college campus or something and you see the quarterback at the at the cafeteria or you see the running back over at the student union. You know, you get to know them a little bit. You say hello. They're invested. And one of the things that – that, that Carl and Marty wanted. They wanted us to, you know, go around and be around the people. So they were invested in it, you know. Yeah. So when they came here, they felt like they knew the Bill Mosses. They felt like they knew the Tim Grunharts, Derek Thomases, and they felt like they had a relationship. So good through good and bad, you're always going to, you're always going to be there for the people that you care about. And that's what Marty and Carl tried to get us to do. And I think it worked. And it built the foundation yeah. of where this kingdom's at right now. Well, and you guys, I'll tell you, that the Walter Payton story really resonated. Because, you you know, I see you as this monster. You, I mean, you are a giant human being. You are tough. And, and you know, you were an incredible athlete. You seem impenetrable to most people. But you remember the feeling when your hero basically ignored you. Yeah, the, you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that really was an important turning point in my life. I waited a long time. And listen, it really, I'm not mad at Walter Payton for right, it. Right. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. You know, I walked up and, you know, waited for an hour, an hour and a half to get an autograph. I never looked up, just kind of signed it and went on. And I was like, you know, all I wanted to do was make eye contact. And all I wanted to do was, you know, share a moment with the guy that I idolized. And it was disappointing for me as I walked off and I said, if I've ever put in that position, Johnny, you do it all the time, man. I know, I know you. I mean, when people come up to you, you look at them in the eye, you shake their hand, you say, Hey, thanks for you know listening to the show. Thanks for being a fan. Thanks for being a part of, you know, making us what we are. And that's so important. So yeah. I said, anytime I ever do that, Hey, listen, I'm going to look in the eye. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to give you a little bit of time. Yeah, no. And it is incredibly important because these kids, they love you so much. And, and I think it is easy to forget, but man, you know, a guy like you, cause you above all are, are a very sweet human being. And you can, you can read it through the book. You, you start talking about guys, the people you played with, like, like Marcus Allen at first, you guys weren't real close. Yeah, you know, we had you know, those two rivals. You know, I went to Notre Dame and, and USC were the big rivals, and then all of a sudden he was a Raider and I was a Chief. And he walked in the room. I'm like, who's this jackass guy right. from USC and Raiders? You know, I didn't want to like the guy. And all of a sudden, 
you know, getting to know him and what a uh, good person he is too. It, it was great. You know, and that's a great thing about the locker room and, and really about the, about the huddle. You know, there's all kinds of people from different places in their lives, you know, different areas, different creeds, different colors, different religions, all that kind of stuff. But you come together as one, you come together with that fraternity and that's important. And that's really what the, the world should be like is, you know, getting everybody together and figuring out a way we can make everything better and, 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 and get a task done. And that's why that's some of the lessons you learn from football. Well, and, and listen, you guys, everybody listening, you made such a good point, and I, and I thought about how much effort it must have taken. Uh, before social media, before Facebook, before all this happened, radio was really the way you connected with the fans of the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. with people in, in this. So you guys started doing these radio shows, and you were, I mean, you were really building radio shows where people would come out, they would attend it, it was a live broadcast, they could sit in the audience, uh, depending on who you had, you know, if it was DeBerg, there might be a line, long line of ladies out there. But with Marcus, <laughs> you guys really, you guys bonded because it got towards Christmas. People would dress up in Christmas outfits, and you would literally, for a half an hour, live on the radio, it was just one giant sing-along he would instigate of Christmas <laughs> songs. And it's, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, I mean, but I just think about the effort to do a radio show, to think it through, to get these guests, to, to put it on. And then your real full-time job is to go out and win that game. Yeah, you know, it's always really special. We used to do that show at the levee, and, you know, if you had Joe Montana coming in, they'd have security there, and people would be waiting from noon to get into the place. And then, like you said, with the Christmas show with Marcus Allen, it was so much fun. You know, we kind of did it on the whim the very first year, and then the next year we said, hey, that really worked out pretty cool. You know how that is, man. I mean, you find a segment that works, and you're like, hey, listen, let's build on this soccer. And and we did. And, you know, we had a lot of fun and people looked forward to it. Yeah. Like you said, they dressed up, but once again, it was what we tried to do in the nineties with the players. And I kind of try to explain in the book is, Hey, listen, we're sitting at the kitchen table. We're just bullshitting together. We're just talking. We're just kind of hanging out. And, 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 you know, people enjoyed that. People liked that. They wanted to get to know you. Yeah. Listen, we, yeah. we could talk X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's and all that kind of crazy stuff all you want, but really people want to know who you are, what your soul is, who you are that's as right. a person. That's right. And that's, that's what makes the, the relationships kind of relationships. Johnny, that's why, you know, I listen, man, I, I learned a lot of lessons from you and, you know, and some of the stuff that you do on the radio and, and your relationships that you have with people on the radio. It's just, it's special, man. That's what it's all about. That's why you've been so successful over all these years uh, because the relationships you built, everybody thinks they know Johnny Deere. Everybody, you know, that you're like a brother. You're like a dad. You're like a cousin to a lot of these people. And that's what we tried to do with the Chiefs in the 90s. Uh, don't make me love you even more. Don't make me love you even more. <laughs> you, uh, dude, how about Bill Moss? Like, because Bill was, to me, scary. Like, Bill, as a human, was always a scary he's always guy. Scary. Yeah. No, he's just he's just a scary dude, man. I don't mess with Bill either. You know, <laughs> we talk about it in the book how yeah. Bill, uh, we, we did a, uh, we called the Oklahoma drill, the very first drill you do at full pads. And I laid across from him. He laid across. We got up and hit each other. And he didn't like it too much, so he started punching me in the face. So he, he actually broke his, fi- his his finger on my face, so I feel like I won the fight. <laughs> you paid him back. You you ruined his tractor. You, you, you killed his goddamn – you and Dave Zott, you killed his tractor. We we did, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we had that place out in Lee Summit. And then, you know, I bought it in the in the fall. And then all of a sudden the spring came around. I said, you know, shoot, man, I got I got to cut the grass, you know. Yeah. And I had all these, I had like acres of grass. So Bill's like, just come on over here and get my tractor and you can buy your own. And uh, so I dropped Zod off and he's driving down uh, Milton Todd, no, uh, Langsford Road. And the next thing you know, it's two, three hours go by and he's still driving. I'm like, where the hell did he go? So I tried to find him. He had it in low the whole time. And it was, it, it looked like it was a traffic jam for miles behind oh. him. People were so mad at him. Oh, oh God. And so, the engine's yeah. just, and he's got it floored. So it's just going. Oh, it 
And then the worst thing, the worst thing is, you know, he got home. He's like, I'm tired, man. I can't do this grass. I said, listen, your job, you got one thing to do is cut the grass. And you stay here for free. You stay with me. Just cut the grass. I'm tired. So I decided I was going to go do it. And I lost control and drove in the pond. So Bill Moss, not only did his, <laughs> not only, not only did he have his engine screwed up, but it was also flooded at the same time. Well, it was a mess. <laughs> but these stories, these these looks into because we just know them as players, right? The Bill Moss and, and and especially like when you get to Joe Montana, like even you, you were already seasoned, you were already in the NFL, you're already a, a genuine athletic star in your own right, a great, truly a great. And even then, when Joe rolls into your into your orbit. It freaks you out. It freaked me out. Absolutely, man. I was a little kid watching Joe Montana play at the University of Notre Dame. I mean, there's only two. There's a picture in the book, which is kind of crazy, Johnny. I don't know if you've seen it. but So my aunt lived in New Mexico, and uh, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. I think it was Super Bowl four. It was like 1970-71. So she went to a hardware store or some, some uh, oh, you yeah. know, convenience store or something and bought a Chiefs helmet and brought great. it to me in Chicago. And I was like, yeah, this is great, you know, but I cried because it wasn't a Bears helmet. It wasn't a Notre Dame helmet. That's the only helmet I knew. So my dad took that Chiefs helmet and spray painted a gold for a Notre Dame helmet. And I wore that thing all summer. I wore it everywhere. And by the end of it, you can see the picture yeah. that the red of the Chiefs start to bleed through the, 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 the gold of Notre Dame. And those are the only two teams I ever played for. So just uh, fate is crazy the way things work. Do you know where that helmet is? God, no. I wish I still uh, had that helmet. You oh, never I know. know, right? Yeah. And then you yeah, just... you know what? It's it's probably you know I probably threw it at my brother or something and right. my mom and dad hit it and never I never found it again I don't know and then and then you you know you, there's because there's a legendary story about you and Montana because he would come in it was that Montana <laughs> magic right like it's that thing he would be super calm like the coolest guy in the world like he would just come walking up it was all down you guys were in Denver at Mile High I believe and it was all on the line it when there was no happiness it was like this is do or die and they've really got you guys wound up and he can see how how tight everybody is right mm-hmm. yeah so you know it was that monday night game one of the people think the best monday night game in the history of, of the nfl elway against montana and elway goes down like he always did against us in the 90s and, and in the 80s and scored a touchdown with about a minute and a half left and we thought oh sure. man here we go we're gonna lose again so we're in a huddle and you know the the, the crowd is going crazy in denver i mean it, we're, it's just us against the world and montana walks in like one of those cowboys, you know, in the movies as they walk into the bar, he saunters in, you know, like a gunslinger walks up to us and says, hey, guys, did you see the butts on those cheerleaders and those chaps? <laughs> and, we're all, and we're all like, you know, Joe, we're getting ready here for a two-minute drive to win a football game. And he knew that. And he's like, listen, guys, I got it. This is what I do. Right, just give some time. We're going to go down and win the football game. This is what this is why they brought me here. So let's go win the game. And at that point, we all kind of looked at each other, and said, "Man, we, this is something different." Went down the field and scored, and yeah. that's Joe Montana, dude. Yeah. Don't you? I just want to be that cool once in my life. Once, where you look at the team, it's all down. The, the stadium is packed. It's the clock is ticking. It's on the wire. You go, guys. This is what I do. I'm like, God damn. That's well, just, you know, so I mean, great. hey. You know, not, not not once again to, you know, to throw some compliments towards you, but listen, all the times that you've done is you walk in and do a lot of these holiday things, especially around Christmas time and give all the 
uh, toys for tots and all those things you guys do, man. And, you know, that's the same thing. You know, oh, you got your people there. You bring them. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. But, you know, it's so important. Now, listen, I want to, you know, what didn't have an opportunity to come in and see you this morning. And I, I told Jake, I said, listen, Jake, whenever you got something going on, and I know you do. You always do around the holidays. You call me. Sure. I want to be there. I want to go help you out, man. I do. So. Well, dude, I love this book. I, I really do. And you know me. I, I'm not a giant sports guy, but I but I am a giant humanity guy. I, I love the story. I love your story coming out of Chicago about Sally Amu, about Zod, about everybody. Marcus Allen, you know, Montana, Schottenheimer, Carl Peterson. What it took to rebuild this Chiefs kingdom to where it is today. And you are a, such a building block of from the 80s and, and into the 90s. It was a huge change. You know, that, that 11 years, that 10 years that you were here, I mean, that's a big deal. And by the way, congratulations. I missed it in 21 when you were uh, brought into the Hall of Fame for the Chiefs. And uh, congratulations on that, man. That's that's astounding. It's, it's wonderful. Well, thank you. One of the reasons why I wrote the book is it's kind of a love affair I have with Kansas City and the Kansas City Chief fans and the people here. And, and I wanted to share some of the stories and some of the antidotes and some of the different things that happened through the 90s. And it was a lot of fun to write. It brought up, you know, a lot of tears, uh, you know, a lot of laughs. But, yeah. you know, that's what it's all about. And that's what I hope I get people to understand in the book about the real personalities of the guys that walked the sidelines of Arrowhead in the 1990s. One of the things in the book, I, I want to get this in before we, before we go. Uh, it was, I think it may have been Montana telling you that the enemy was not the other team. The enemy is not the stands. The enemy is not anything except the <laughs> clock. The clock. Right. It's always the clock. And I, and I thought that was really kind of profound in the idea that, dude, it's everyone's enemy. All of our enemy is the clock. <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The, the clock uh, it has no feelings. It has no conscience. It just keeps on ticking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you only have a certain amount of time in life to get things done, whether it's a two minute drive against the Denver Broncos or whether it's, you know, with your family or whether it's with your friends or whether it's with your community. You know, don't let the clock run out on you. No, man. You get get what you want done. Don't wait. Don't wait on tomorrow. Get it done now. Because again, absolutely, tick, tick yeah. tock, tick tock. Hey, uh, how's that? No good, Seren Petro. Yeah, he's doing okay. He, he's as honorary as ever, man. Oh, but I uh, love that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I miss you guys over there. You guys are Jake and. Jake was telling me about, uh, I don't remember doing this, but uh, I'm sure I did with the staplers. I'd oh, staple yeah. something around to kind of freak them out. I love the idea. You uh, don't remember it, and none of us can stop talking about you. He would walk in, he'd grab a stapler, and he would staple his arm. He'd go, buck, 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 buck. But he'd never break any, his face would just stare at you, and then he'd pull them all out and just leave the room. And you're like, what the god dang is going on here, man? And, you know. Yeah, oh, I miss man. seeing you, man. I really do. And again, I can't congratulate you enough on this view from the center, Tim Grunhard. It, it really is a great book, man. And I think it really, it, it really gives a great glimpse into all of you guys and who you were and are as human beings. I, I really love uh, it. Oh, uh, thank you, man. If you, if your listeners want to get a hold of it, just go to timgrunhart.com, and if you buy it on my website, I'll sign it for you. I personalize it and get it back out to you as quick as I possibly can. But you can get it on Amazon and all the different places. But, hey, man, thanks so much for having me on. It's so great to talk to you. And, and uh, you know, all I do is talk sports, sports, sports all the time. Man, it's a lot of fun to just talk about life and talk about the community and talk about a lot of great things and a lot of, a lot of fun things in the past. Johnny, thanks so much, man. I love you, man. Hey, you're welcome here. Anytime you walk in the door, you're on the air instantly out. I'll wear you out. I got, I got a lot more questions. <laughs> You're the best, man. Hey, uh, and your fans are the best, too. God bless all you guys. Thank you, man. Hold on, Granny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.